Hey there, Soul Family. Welcome to another episode of Evolving Consciously. My name is Holly and I know for sure that nothing happens by accident. This moment is happening very on purpose. So I invite you to really sink in with me as we weave our way through this conversation today so that the message your soul is searching for right now can land deeply with you. Here in this podcast, we have conversations on consciousness, helping you unbecome everything you're not, bringing you home to your wholeness so that you can live a completely authentic, soul-centered life. This morning is a blessing to me. Um, I'm going to introduce to you somebody who has been a very close friend of mine and uh, what I call my greatest mentor in my life. And quite a few of you who have contacted me or that I've had conversations with ask me, where do I get my wisdom from? And, you know, where do I learn? Who, Who did I listen to, to be able to have the message that I offer sometimes? And as I always say, this is the man that had the most profound impact on my life so far. So his name is Mr. Jared Wilkins, and he has an incredible business acumen. If I was here to tell you everything he achieved in the world of, let's say, business and success, we would be here, you know, 15 minutes just for the introduction. Uh, he was the founder of Wilkins, uh, Wilkins Leadership Group, built it for your last name, and he has built many organizations that have generated millions of dollars. But above and beyond this man's business acumen, I believe his greatest accolade and what connects me so strongly to him is who he is as a husband, who he is as a father, who he is as a friend, and particularly who he is as a leader. His courage to speak the truth, even when it's not popular. Uh, you know, his, his humility to connect and to help those who are down in the trenches is really what I believe sets him apart um, as, as a leader. I personally have always been so deeply impacted by his messages. To me, you know, they touch the very deepest parts of my soul. It's almost like somehow he, he takes the words out of my spirit and hands them back to me in a perfectly articulated sentence that I could never have constructed myself if I tried. Uh, and in his messages is where I personally have found so many of my own truths. And I wanted to make that available to you today, to all of you listening all around the world. I wanted you to have the opportunity to be uh, impacted by this, by this man and, and maybe to discover your own truth and, and, you know, to be able to let go of something you're currently holding as your truth that maybe was programmed into you or, or, you know, you have been influenced to hold as your truth that isn't. This is the, this is the stuff that really sets you free when you find what, what really belongs to you as a truth. You know, today we're talking about legacy and leadership. And so, you know, legacy is something that I believe we all need to have our attention on. What is the legacy? You know, what is a legacy and what's the legacy we are leaving uh, before we depart this human experience? So, you know, Mr. Wilkins, he is someone, he's the kind of person that focuses on impact, not just income. In fact, I believe his income is only a result of his impact. You know, our significance, not just success. And, Although he's extremely powerful, his focus and his intention is always around purpose, not power. So I want to first of all thank you for taking out your time, Jared. I know um, you know it's it's like Sunday evening over there in America, and I know that there are so many people always tugging at you for your time, and that uh, you know, and and I appreciate you making yourself available to be here today to talk to me and to talk to the audience that's crossing our path to listen. So I just want to make sure you're there and say welcome. Absolutely. Can you hear me okay? Yes, perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> Before we get well, started, 
maybe I just want to hand it over to you to maybe um, anything that I didn't say about you, what else is there that you would like the audience to know about who you are um, and, you know, I guess, you know, why you wanted to be here to share this message today, anything at all, just so that they can feel like they know you before we get into the depth of the message. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for uh, inviting me onto your, uh, your podcast, to your show, to your platform. Um, and number two, I want to say congratulations for pursuing it. A lot of people, they never pursue their passions. They never built their own platforms because they're settling for a paycheck. And oftentimes uh, what I know is that, um, you know, you get into uncomfortable situations and oftentimes it's not because you've done anything wrong many times it's because you're doing what's right and that uh that leads to pain i tell people in the words of dr michael murdoch pain is the proof that something is out of order i say it again pain is oftentimes the proof that something is out of order and it's through that pain that properly positions you to pursue your purpose and so i'm so glad i'm so happy i'm so excited i am so proud of you, Holly Noonan, for being uh, that vessel that is touching and reaching so many people around the world that hear your voice, hear your story, hear your message. And I'm honored to be on this platform to share today. Well, thank you so much. And it's interesting you, you raised the topic of pain because my my desire, my burning desire to get you on a radio show uh, really came recently out of a conversation that you and I had and we were yes. talking about what you had just been through in terms of pain with losing your grandmother and mm -hmm. uh, the discussion around legacy that you had had with her and sitting just having a chat with you. I was like, oh my gosh, like the world needs to hear this message. So maybe share with us, you know, what's happened in your life recently that has yes. really brought you to a, to a more clear understanding of legacy? You know, it, uh, it validated the clarity I got almost two years ago about legacy, the conversation with my grandmother, uh, who recently passed uh, a few months ago. She was 92. She passed in her son's arms, who was a medical doctor. Uh, so it was the best way to go uh, for her to live the life that she lived uh, and to leave the way that she left. Uh, it's been an indelible imprint. But, you know, what's so interesting, Noonan, is um, the fact that, number one, I was uh, um, faced with a, a transition point a little over two and a half, three years ago, 2015, was kind of when it started. And you get to this place in life, I often tell people that transition is that, that pivotal point in your life where you say, I don't necessarily know where I'm going, but I do know where I'm no longer staying. You know, the old sainted memory of mine comes with Fannie Lou, Fannie Lou Heyman, who said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that's where I was. We were, we were, we were making money, but not making our mission felt. We were kind of going through life, uh, just, you know, existing, not really feeling fulfilled anymore. And I tell people all the time that nothing can fulfill you in this earth like walking and pursuing purpose. And a lot of times we get confused with popularity and purpose. Popularity oh, yes. does not necessarily mean it's purposeful. And so um, I quivered at the thought, Holly, whereby, you know, I was going through this experience where, where I was waking up and I, I just, I felt numb. I picked up a bunch of weight. I mean, my six pack turned into one pack. I, uh, <laughs> it happens over a period of time. You don't even notice what's going on as you're, you're, you're declining in your health, you're declining in your, your conversation, your language becomes negative as what mine was. 
Um, and I just, you know, I, I just woke up and said, I cannot do this anymore um, because I was around people that would rather prostitute my gift than prostrate it up where people could actually see it on a much larger platform. And I tell people off the time is anytime you feel strangled in a relationship, anytime you feel strangled in a situation, whether it's in business or personal, that is the sign that you are in the company of someone that is not there assigned to you. They're there to assassinate you. And so um, I, I woke up and I said, you know what? Uh, this, this can no longer go on. I, ne I never forget having a conversation with my wife and, you know, through that period and, and, and through that experience, I often tell people, you may know that you can no longer stay there, but oftentimes what keeps us there is really fear. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of uncertainty. It's what's going to happen. What are people going to say? What am I going to do? Is God going to really save me if I jump? And yeah. I love what Les Brown says. He says, leap and grow your wings on the way down. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of what led me to that place of transition. And it was through the place of transition, going from comfortable to uncomfortable, going from unfulfilled to pursuing fulfillment, that it all started to make sense. And we went on this deep spiritual fast. I didn't say religious starving. I said spiritual <laughs> fast. And... Um, through that holly, we, uh, we were praying, my wife and I. Now, I have to be completely candid. This is the first time I've ever fasted in my life. It was in 2015. And I wasn't fasting for money. I was fasting to hear from God. Now, people call God the universe and the universe God. And they put all types of colloquialisms and terms on that. I'm not here to debate or argue with anybody's belief because we could be here talking for the next 1,000 years until kingdom comes with me trying to disprove or you trying to disprove. So we're not even going to go through that today. But what I will say is this. I talked to God. I call him God. God is not a name. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a gender. God means self-sustaining one. Everything that is created has a creator. And unless you created you, then you have a creator. So I talked, oh, here it is to the creator. And I said, creator, what have you designed for this created vessel to do? Because every manufacturer creates a, a product to serve, solve a problem. And so um, I said, man, I, I've got I've to find the problem you want me to solve because that's the only thing that's going to make me feel alive again. And we went through this, 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 um, this fast. And after the fast, I was very clear-headed. And i never forget. I had what I termed a crying closet moment. You know, those, one of those deep cries, Holly, where you're crying, but no tears are coming down yet. Right. That, that, that deep cry, like it's like somebody hit you in the stomach and you've lost all your breath. You've lost your wind. And that's in the place that I found my purpose was through the birthing canal of pain. Wow. And so... Um, I'm upstairs at my wife's office and we had just finished our prayer. We were listening to some spiritual worship music and I'll never forget. I heard it so clearly. Oh, I heard it so clear. I get chills talking about it because it's almost as though out of the seven and a half billion people on planet earth, God left everybody for a split moment just to come talk to me. Ugh. And he leaned and whispered in my ear and said, build it for your last name. And um, Holly, I'll be candid. I didn't know what all that meant. I had no idea of what the brand would be, and I didn't know anything about a merchandising business. I had no idea would have, you know, organizations. I, I didn't know any of that. All I heard was what he said, and I picked up 
myself from the floor in a fetal position that I was laying in. My wife, I was there for so long seeking God. See, you, you don't, hmm, I don't, I don't believe you can hear from God while things are going good. Typically, you only hear from your creator when you get to the pivotal point in life where you're saying, should I stay here or should I come see you personally? Yes. And so, uh, yeah, I heard from him. And I told my wife, I said, starting in 2016, we're going to build it for our last name. And, and I encapsulated that as we started to write the vision plain on our boards and what, started to put meaning behind the words he spoke. And that's when I said a, an inheritance is what you leave for people, but a legacy is what you leave in them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And from that moment on, I stopped chasing a check and I started pursuing purpose. And, you know, with my grandmother leaving Earth, transitioning, this was in 2017, the end of 2017 is when she left here. Mm-hmm. i never forget the last conversation, seven days before she passed. I was with her the weekend prior, which was a Saturday, and she passed that Sunday. And my grandmother is who raised me from ages five to age 12. I lived with her in Nigeria. My mother's from Nigeria. My father's from uh, the States in the U.S. So I identify naturally as a Nigerian American. Long story. We don't have the time to get into it. But anyway, <laughs> so, so um, I, um, I, I was talking with her. Very, very interesting story. And I'll turn it back over to you. I was talking with her outside. And uh, my grandmother was very astute. She, had, she was the first of her family to attend not only uh, high school, but college, get her master's and her doctorate. She took a full ride scholarship and came over to the States from Nigeria from her village. Let me quantify what I mean by village. There's no running water. There's no electricity. There's no power to the house. You have to sweep. Listen to me. You have to sweep the dirty ground with a broom that you, that you created, not one that was produced, and you do it every morning. And so that was the condition she grew up in, and she ended up marrying my grandfather, and he got a scholarship to come to the States from Nigeria when the States were not even really considered to be any place where you would want to go. But he got a scholarship because he was the top of his class in seminary school in Nigeria that got him and his family out of that place. He didn't, oh, I heard you. He didn't get out of that place with his money. He got out of that place with his mind. And so um, they gave him a free scholarship. My grandmother migrated here with him, of course, brought my mother here. And from then she went back and took the resources, knowledge and expertise and she became a bridge over troubled water and sent for all of her kindred, all of her sisters and her brothers. There was 10 of them. She sent plane tickets and invitation letters for each one of them over several years to come to the States. And so we started to have this conversation at her last hour. Mm -hmm. And she told me, she says, grandson, I've got to make it back to Nigeria if I'm going to make it into heaven. And I said, ah, I laughed for a moment because I didn't appreciate the depth of what she discussed with me the grandson because in my mind you've got five children your your first child is a marine your second child is an attorney your third child is an engineer your fourth child is a uh, attorney your fifth child is a medical doctor why are you talking to me your grandson the Mm -hmm. one that no one thought would be anything the one that dropped out of school the one that had a baby out of wedlock why would you be having such a meaningful deep conversation with someone that's not even qualified to listen to the lips 
of the words you speak. And here she was giving me what I call transferable truths that circled everything back and brought it full circle for me. She said, my roots are in Nigeria, but my branches are in America. And I've got to get back to my roots so I can make it back home. And then a week later she passed and I never forget my uncles and uh, my aunts and my mother, they were planning on burying her body here in the States because they said, man, we don't travel back home that often. We may go once every three to five years. We need to keep her here. And I heard that information and it was something about what she told me a week prior that leaped out of my heart and through my lips. And I told him, grandma said, she's got branches here, but her roots are back home. And my uncle, the one who she passed in his arms said, she passed the message to you because only you can get it to us. We're taking her back home. And so um, here we are. Yes, we got back to Nigeria the first time we'd all been there together. Uh, We had been obviously back and forth to Nigeria, back home, and and we would go in different segments. But this was the first time we all went there to see the honor and the legacy she left. Over 5,000 people showed up to her funeral. The village came out. The people came out in tears, crying, saying, thank you for bringing her back to us. In a country that she had been to for a while, right? So she was living in America. She still had 5,000 turn up in Nigeria, you're saying? That's right. That's absolutely right. All the people that she had helped while she was a guidance counselor. See, her platform was the education system. And so many of the people that she helped and she taught and she mentored and she developed, all of those students now live all around the world and they flew in to come honor her. I sat down with uh, a cabinet member of Nigeria. He has a three month waiting list for you to meet with him. He is the honorable minister of finance and trade. I got a chance to sit down with him, have a private audience. And the only reason is because of what she left in him. She, he said, it was her that saw enough in me that when I was doing bad, she said, give him another shot. And the shot that she gave him allowed him to not only go to Harvard and become a medical doctor, but he also went to Harvard law school and became an attorney. Now he sits in the cabinetry making decisions for a nation of 178 million people, legacy. And so I could go on and on about it, but it uh, it turned the word that God gave me in 2015, it was just amazing to see it manifest, not only in my life, but through the life of a woman that lived a well-groomed life. Yes, and earlier, you know, I I wanna, I feel so impacted by so many things that you said, and I know everyone listening is probably going, oh my gosh, let him keep talking. But you mentioned earlier, and it's funny that you even said this, you know, so many people that know both of us always say to me, gosh, Holly, when I listen to you, I feel like I'm listening to Wilkins, you know? Uh, And some (laughs) of the things that you've already said were, you know, things I had in my mind to ask you, but uh, you said, an inheritance is what you leave for people. And a a legacy is what you leave in them. I really want to, you know, um, kind of dissect that a little bit because I think this is it this is why people you know uh, are constantly so lost because they're focusing on what they can leave for people they're focusing on you know their inheritances and and despite how successful they get at accumulating some big massive portfolio of inheritance they are still only just on the weekend I was talking to someone extremely successful and net worth of in excess of 350 million dollars and you know he was talking to me 
about uh, the emptiness, basically. You know, that there's a, yeah. there is a hole in him. He, he's literally leaving his family you know, when his time comes with just about half of Adelaide, he owns just about all the, just about all the buildings here. But so go, go into that a little bit more. Let's talk about the difference between an inheritance and a legacy. Cause I know there's someone listening that when they hear this, they'll switch. It's like, I remember the first time I heard it and I was like, Oh my yeah. gosh, that's it right there. I'm chasing the wrong thing. I'm building the wrong mm -hmm. portfolio. Yeah. You know, inheritance is all about success. Inheritance is about achievement, what you've achieved that you can leave. An inheritance is, is the, the things, it's, it's the style of a thing, it's, it's the money. And there's nothing wrong with that because most people, they, they are reared and we're trained and it's indoctrinated in our culture through superficial commercials or superficial experiences, superficial not being bad, but being surface. And yeah. so we are essentially coded and programmed to go pursue success. And we yeah. say success is our birthright. Go be successful being an attorney. Be successful being a police officer. Be successful being a this and doing that. And there's nothing wrong with it. But if you stop at the place or at the point of success, you will always be empty when you get it. Because success minus significance will leave you substituting your life for something you didn't purchase. In other words, when you achieve something and the goal was just to achieve it without a meaning, it's almost as though you found your what or you do what you do, but you don't understand why you're doing it. Yeah. Yes. And so that why, the reason why, it's what... Uh, I call your rod and your staff. Your reason why is what will comfort you in the process of pursuing success and when you accomplish it. There's no, oh, I'm getting excited. Now you're getting ready to have me really teach. There's no, there's no, there's no um, broadened excuse, reason, or justification while you see like a, a Kate Spade who takes her life. I mean, it's got, the pain got so bad because she's accomplished. She has gotten success out of the way. Here's a multi-millionaire, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of revenue. She gets invited to sit at tables you don't even know exist. She travels on private planes that you only have pictures of. She lives in places that are not only gated, but you can't even know where the zip code is. Mm. And yet, she still is suffering from success. Yes, yes. There's something to be said about an inheritance because yes, guess what? She left something for her family. But what did you leave in them? Anthony Bourdain just did the same thing. Now you could not tell 95% of the people around the world that he was not only successful or fulfilled because my goodness, he traveled to over 150 plus countries. He got to dine with kings and he went to different places to see cultures, experiences, food and drink and culture and language. He traveled around the world, got it filmed. He had notoriety, he had awards, he had television show, acclaimed show. I mean, he had it all and still it wasn't enough yeah. to feel the whole that is only set aside for significance. Mm, purpose. That's, you know, it's interesting. I, I remember like, 
I literally feel emotional just hearing hearing you deliver that message that way. Um, I used to say a lot of the things here uh, in my leadership trainings and yes. what you've just said there really highlights that. And that is this, that inheritance, yes, there's nothing bad about inheritance, but there's such a difference between an inheritance and a legacy. And I used to say, you know, if you just ask yourself this question of what do you even know about your, let's say your great grandfather, tell me about him. What school did he go to? What did he do? Who was he? What kind of person was he? And, you know, when I thought of this question to myself, and it may have even been you that asked me this question uh, at some point, I was like, I don't even, one generation, two generations later, and, and I don't even know who he was. I don't even know his first name. I, don't, I, mm. I know nothing about my own great grandfather, two generations on, and see, he didn't have enough, the, 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 the tr it's hard and it feels, you know, it feels, um, it's, a, it's a cold, hard truth that he did not create enough impact even on his own family. I'm sure he loved his family. I'm sure he left them with a home or whatever it was that he left behind. But, you know, in my family, and I know in millions of others, your own great grandfather, for example, did not create a legacy that, mm -hmm. that was strong enough that even the, the family would pass two generations later and they're forgotten. You don't know anything about them. I know more about Nelson Mandela than I know about mm -hmm. my own great grandfather. We're talking two generations. I, you know, he was still alive when I was born and I still don't mm -hmm. even know the guy's name. And I think that really highlights what you're saying there that, Mm -hmm. Yes, he probably left an inheritance, but that inheritance gets passed down to the next generation and the generation after that, he, he's nothing. He's gone. He's literally, mm -hmm. he hasn't just passed, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Let me, let me pull up to your driveway with this next statement. Tell let me. me. Let, me just, let me just back on into your pull right garage in. here. <laughs> now, now it's, it's amazing you said Nelson Mandela's name. And, you know, I quite often do a lot of traveling to South Africa where he's from. And I visited the home he lived in. And, um, and, and it's very small, even though he left something so big. Shucks. Oh, His, the home, which is an inheritance, he's a Nobel Prize, uh, Peace Prize winner. The home that he left was the inheritance. The impact was the significance, or what I call the legacy. Because watch this, the home that I visited, it still has his furnishings in there, has pictures, it has memorabilia. But the reason why we go to the little small home on the block in the ghetto, what they call the, the they call it townships. It's where people would not even dare go unless you're from there. But, but folks from all over the world, dignitaries, kings, prime ministers, presidents, mm. go visit that home, not because of the home or the house, but because of the man that came out of it. Yes. So when you go into that house, Holly, on the surround sound speakers that they've in installed, they are playing the messages and sharing the stories of what he's done and the people he touched. They're talking about what he did and what he meant to people. See, the reason why most of us don't know what our great-grandfather did or what our great-grandmother did is because maybe they lived a good life. Yes. But they didn't touch enough people for the story to still be circulating. Yes. 
If the story does not circulate, if you think about it, when you go to funerals, people don't talk about what type of home a person lived in. They never mention the type of diamond rings she wore. They never talk about the fur coats or how many names, how many buildings your name was on. They tell you the story of what that person meant, what mm-hmm. they left, the conversation, the time, the energy, the, the, the intercepting moment that that man showed up in to help guide you to another path in life. Or that woman made you think a certain way. She made you to believe a certain thing that was already there in yourself. And that's what people remember. It's what you leave in them. And when you, a person discovers, when you discover that part of you that can be passed and transferred to another person, you will live forever. uh, One word you said just then just jumped out and arrested my spirit. And it was the word conversation. It's almost as if you're saying legacy, your legacy is held in your conversation. What's the, you know, what's the belief system? What's the message? That's the only thing. All the, the intangible things are the only things that can go on and on a thought, a perspective, a belief, a prayer. Those are the things that, the only things that can go on and on. And I think that's what you just that's said. That many of us are concentrating on, you know, uh, like you say, the successes and the, and the portfolios rather than what is it that we have in our conversation? That's it. That's all they remember. I was just um, making a stop earlier today before we got on this call. And a young lady, she's standing next to me with, I believe, her son or her grandson. I think it was her grandson. And I'm, I'm parked next to him because we we're both at the car wash. And um, she says, Mr. Wilkins, Mr. Wilkins, I don't know her from Adam. I couldn't identify her in a one-person lineup, so I don't know where she and I have crossed paths. But she said, Mr. Wilkins, Mr. Wilkins, and I was on the phone. She said, Mr. Wilkins, could you please take a picture with me and my grandson? And I said, of of course. Yeah, sure. And as we're getting ready, Holly, to take the picture, the grandson says, "Um, Granny, who is he? Is he a rapper? And she smiles, and I, I smile back, and I, I said, um, he probably identified rapper because of my Maserati car. He, he's thinking, oh, yeah, he's, he's a black man in America. He's got a nice car. The only people that probably drive this type of car are athletes and entertainers. He, he, he doesn't, he's not big enough to be a football player. He's not big enough or tall enough to be a basketball player. So, so he's, he's probably in entertainment, and he looks young. And so because he's young, you know, through the deductive reasoning of a nine-year-old, he's probably thinking, oh, he's young. He's, he looks very successful. got a nice car. He's a rapper. And mm-hmm. I told him, I said, um, no, sir, I'm, I'm a businessman. Just that one sentence, that one word. See, words are seed. Yeah. I always tell people, Holly, that, 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 that words are the birthing place for feelings. Yes. Words are the birthplace for feelings. Based on the words you hear creates a certain feeling in your spirit. Yes. The wrong words can crush your spirit. The right words can build it. And so I'm very careful of words. Matter of fact, I'm right now in a season, Holly, whereby if a person, oh, this is good, it's harsh, it's, 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 it's unadulterated truth. Good. If a person does not add value or volume, they are unfriended. Yes. If you're not adding value or volume, I must unfriend you. Let me say it one more time. If you're not adding volume or value, you must vacate. And so why do I say that? 
the reason why you've got to you've got to have people vacate your premises. I'm not talking about just offline. I'm talking about online. Too yeah. many of us have allowed people to be connected to us that have no value and bring no volume. Yep. Yes. They've yes, got to vacate. Brad, to create space for the people who can bring value, right? Ah, uh, yes. Ding, ding, ding. When you get the wrong people out of the way, the right people can see you more. Yes. Yeah, I feel that. So, and you know, uh, that, this is so synchronistic. Yesterday morning, I went for a walk <laughs> on the beach with some dogs, and this came up in a conversation with a lady I was walking with, and it was, um, you know, I said to her, she's struggling with allowing herself to, uh, to be selfish. And she said to me, you know, how do you do what you do? How do you be the kind of mum that you are? You're so conscious of your parenting. You're so, con you know, then you still got your leadership and then your relationship. You know, I can just see how much yes. you're with happiness. How do you do that? And this is what I said. I said, you know what? The most selfless thing I ever did was be selfish. And I was mm. cold and I, you know, I, I took no prisoners on that. And I love that you've just reiterated that, you know, maybe that's a, Maybe that's another message that's being sent to me this week. Maybe I need to do another cleanup because um Absolutely. You, know, you have to. You have to and you have to continuously do it because the right people can't see you because you got the wrong people crowding you. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Who that. you're connected to is taking you somewhere. So you gotta do inventory. We all have to do some spring cleaning to make sure that people are still bringing volume and or value because mm -hmm. volume is my inheritance and value is my significance. And if yeah. you are not meeting any one of those requirements and I'm not serving you in a capacity through my skill, my talent, my gifts, my platform, then baby, I have got to go. Yes. Yeah, that is awesome. Gosh, that gets me. It really gets me. There's something going on in me right now. I'm getting a message from this myself because, yes. yeah, it is. And, and it's true. Like sometimes, you know, the people that got you here, the people that brought you through the last season, they yes. can't go with you into the next season. But we get no. so much in the habit of just having them in our life. We don't realize they're not supposed to be with us forever. That's not their role. Their role was to be with me, to give me the lessons mm. I needed mm. last season. But the yes. seasons are changing now. And those ones can't come. Yeah. You know what's so interesting, Holly? And I found this to be truth in my life. My seasons in life have always been connected to a person. Right. In other words, your prosperity or poverty is connected to a person. In other words, I tell people often that when God wants to protect your life, he removes somebody old from it. Yes. When he wants to bless your life, he brings somebody new into it. And here is the challenge with every American I've met, Nigerian I've met, Australian I've met, uh, Canadian I've met, is that we oftentimes cannot recognize the difference and we end up holding on to people that God has instructed us to let go. We start yeah. bargaining with him saying to bless something that he is attempting to break. And so we begin to find ourselves, watch it, fighting for our limitations in life and we end up keeping them. Wow. Gosh, you're making me t see that lesson. And I remember I, when you spoke that to me, uh, you know, a couple, that was a lesson. And I have to say this, and, you know, it might, might hit someone uh, where they need it. That was a lesson I had to realize, even with my marriage, actually, you know, that, uh, you know, I still have a, so much honor for my ex-husband and, and we have a great friendship. But in terms of the partnership and the way that we were doing life together, you know, the hardest thing for me was letting go of the dream 
of, you know, being married and happily ever after. But at the same time, you know, I could feel, uh, I could feel my limitations and that I couldn't break through some things just because we, we were different and we had different outlooks. And, you know, you say that, you know, God takes someone out of your life um, sometimes it, it, and it's an attempt. I was trying to save like you're saying, I was bargaining with God, please bless my marriage. Please somehow make this work. Please show me what I'm doing yes. wrong. Show me how I can repair this. Um, yeah. Show me where am I supposed to fix this? Where have I gone wrong? But, um, you know, it wasn't until I allowed the whole process to, you know, turn out the way it has that I can see now, it, you know, it, it's been a blessing. It's, and it seems so weird to say that, 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 you know, a divorce could ever be a blessing. But um, it, it has on all of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we, we bargain, we bargain for things that we, we want to keep. It's mm-hmm. a bargaining. It's, 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 it's almost like, um, you know, in most countries, uh, third world countries, you, you, you bargain, you haggle, you're haggling a price. Yeah. And whenever you haggle a price, somebody wins, but someone else somebody. loses. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're looking to create for harmony to exist is a win-win scenario. Mm, that's right. Yeah. When there's not a win-win scenario, it can't last. Because here's what I've discovered, Holly. When it is God, it flows. When it's man, it's force. Yes. And so we start trying to force something. And, and here it is. You're trying to water concrete. Many of us are trying to water concrete. In other words, what we do is we try to give CPR to dead people, dead places, and dead projects. Baby. Wow. Bury the dead and move on. That got me. Yes. Thank you. Oh, goodness. See, I know everyone's going to be saying, now I know what she means. Now I know <laughs> what she And it's so funny. People say, you know, how do you, how do you call him your brother? You know, sometimes that I'm tagging you on Facebook or something. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Holly, you're the whitest white. <laughs> He's the brightest white. <laughs> Yeah, in my heart. Now, listen, if we can just switch this conversation, I want to get into leadership before we have to wrap up. But before we get to the topic of legacy, this is, you know, as you know, I have a really, I have a, you know, um, a parenting audience and we talk a lot about conscious parenting and this is a really hard truth. And I, I, I believe that, you know, you'll have the words to help it touch someone's heart in a way that, you know, that, that doesn't offend them. And this is around legacy and kids because, you know, yeah. I think too many parents, we think it's our, our only responsibility is to love our kids. And I teach a lot mm-hmm. about, you know, it's, it's our responsibility to lead them, not just to love them. And yeah. Loving your kids is not enough. There is no legacy in just loving your kids. And I'm not saying that you don't stay in their heart forever, but that's not the legacy, right? That's not, you've got to do more than just be a good parent. You know, you've got to, you know, if you want them to live their life purpose, let them see you chasing yours. Let them see you hunting for yours. That's what gives it. What do you say around that from a, from the perspective of a parent to children around yes. life? I leave a legacy for my kids, you know, that, mm-hmm. that uh, makes me feel like a good enough parent. I mean, this is a topic that most of us grapple with, yes. you know, how do I pursue significance without having to sacrifice time and energy away from yes. my kid or, you know, most people, you know, that have given up on their dream, start to blame it on their kids and cloak it as if they are living life for their kids. In right. other words, what they do is, Oh, my, 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 my life purpose is to be a good mother. You are yeah. lying. You yes. have given up on your 
dream. Life beat the dream out of you. So now you try to live vicariously and put all of your energy into your kids. Now, I'm not against that. I believe you ought to love your child, but you must lead your child as well. And you don't lead with your words. You lead with your life. If they never see mom and dad going after it, if they never see mom and dad go up and down, if they never see mom and dad take a licking and keep on ticking, when life throws them a left hook, they're out for the count because they have no place to pull purpose from. They have no place to pull a passion example from because all you've done is tiptoe through life to arrive safely at your grave. Yes. We don't remember you because of the conveniences that you lived. People, your children remember you. Watch this. For your conviction. Because of the sacrifices that you've made. And the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice that you leave is with your life bleeding while leading. Jared, what do you mean? I believe you can't lead until you bleed. Mm. Bleed where? You've got to be bleeding in a place that you can't stop. The Apostle Paul said, I've got a thorn in my side. And God didn't remove it. The reason why you remember Paul, for those of you that are theologians or even close to some spiritual or even have heard of a Bible, you know Apostle Paul. Yes. It's not because of just his great works. It's because he lead and he led with his life even while he was bleeding because of something that he couldn't remove out of his side. So me, I don't, I don't have the greatest uh, 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 advice of parenting love. I, I often tell people, you know, when you see me and my daughter together, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful experience, but I don't sit there and talk to her for hours on end like some mom and dads do. I don't sit up there and have long discussions and conversations and we're not painting the canvas every time we're together. We're not you know, hopscotching outside all the time, but I can tell you, she knows what daddy does. She knows who daddy is. She knows where daddy's from. She knows where daddy's going. And through my life example, she can trace not just success, she can trace significance. Yes, she can. Yes. Thank you. What a, 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 just a, you explain things so eloquently. And that's it. I think so many people, when they, when, they give up, when they give up that excuse of needing to be a good parent or needing to be a good mum or feeling guilty that, they got, that their children have to so-called pay a price, I'm like, they're not paying a price. They're, they're, this, this is the value. Them having to be home while you go out and chase something, you know, you, the story that you run in your mind is that you should be home. But that's not even true. That's, what, that's the truth somebody told you. Somebody told you mm-hmm. that's what you're supposed to do as a mother. But actually, if you really let go of that, and, and really go within yourself and ask God or ask yourself, you know, is it okay to leave my, it's so okay. There's actually no guilt. All of that guilt is programmed into you. And if you actually let yourself open that space in you where you're like, do you know what? I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live my life. I, I personally believe that every child needs a hero that they can look up to and they yes. need, they need to be able to find that hero without looking past the front door. The reason we just lost a whole generation to, you know, crime and drugs and, 
whatever else is because their hero wasn't inside their front door they had to go out and find their heroes and that's where they you know they're looking for significance so badly that they find it in gangs or they find it you know in uh in unfavorable you know situations with their peers and things like that that's because they're searching for significance because they can't find it home like you said they don't have an example of what that is at home that's right because you're the way you live your life will either be an example for them to follow or a warning for them to avoid. Mm. And so my life, the totality of my life, of how I live my life, is I want our name to be so strong that it gets her at tables her money couldn't afford. Wow. <laughs> oh, you're so good. You need to go on the Oprah show. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears, we will be there. Yes. Right. Well, let's, let's move this conversation into leadership because I think, you know, so often leadership and, and legacy really can go hand in hand because, and I remember yes. you saying, I remember one of your big lessons around leadership, you used to always say, you know, leadership comes from the root word lead. And you said, you know, mm -hmm. the word lead is a verb, not a noun. It's a doing word to lead. You have to go first. So yes. tell us more about that. What, what, what is it that makes someone an effective leader? You, you, you touched on it earlier, how so many people are wrapped up in the popularity contest and yes. you know, they, they care about, you know, their platform more than they care about their message and things like this. So move into yes. leadership for me and tell me, tell me what, tell me, uh, you know, what your message is around that. You know, leadership defined by John C. Maxwell, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less influence nothing more nothing less and i like that definition of leadership but my late mentor dr miles monroe expanded that for me he said leadership is the capacity to influence others through inspiration not manipulation right leadership is the ability to influence people through inspiration not manipulation and that inspiration is generated by vision, is pursued by purpose. And so when you look at leadership for me, leadership is not a, it is not a noun. It doesn't describe a person, a place, or thing. Leadership is action. How do you lead? You must have influence to lead. Leadership is influence contained in a container of your personality. So you can be leading in your, in your family. You can be leading in your marriage. You can be leading as a parent. You can can be leading in the business world. You could be leading in the political realm. Leadership is all about influence. And so this is why leadership for me is my favorite topic because I see people attempting to do things that they're not qualified for because they have not made enough deposits into the leadership tank where they can make a withdrawal to influence the people in that environment. Let me give you case in point. You cannot build a platform, here it is, you cannot build a platform on personality. Shucks, yeah. make it plain. Yeah. You cannot build a platform on personality. Why? A stage is for performing, a platform is for empowering. So oftentimes, Holly, when I talk to my, my motivational speaker friends, my coaches, my authors, people that have the gift to be able to speak, I tell them, it doesn't matter how well you can put together sophisticated sentences. That will not give you significance of a platform. Leadership does. 
It means the people that you're able to influence, the folks that you've inspired, the conversations you've had, the people you've touched, the value you've rendered builds whatever platform that gives you influence. Yes. Yes. See, this is why I get... Um What's the word? I guess I, I guess you could say I get triggered. I don't waste my energy on it, but I get triggered on all of these marketing programs and learn how to build your platform stuff. I'm like, you know what? I believe the audience is already, you've already been assigned to the audience that, that you are supposed to impact. You just have to, you know, no have truth. courage to find and develop your message. You don't have to build a platform. The platform or the, the audience or the following, you know, gets built according to the message and the impact and the purpose that you, that you pursue. You don't have to build yes. you know, this whole marketing thing of get more followers and get more likers. And I'm like, you can't take your likes, comments and shares to the bank and go pay your mortgage. So, you know, that's, that's the popularity contest that like you're saying, the leadership yes. is, is it, you know, it builds so much more organically. What do you say? Cause there's so many people out there that, um, you know, I guess are, are beginning to be liberated. They're finding their own message. They are starting to, you know, awaken and break the norms and step out of their, their careers and, and start mm -hmm. following up more of a passion. And then it's like, but, but how do I get my passion or, or you know, this so-called my life work, this path that I'm on, how do I get that to be able to provide for me so that I can leave mm -hmm. my job and really, yes. my, you know, I, I, I need to, I need to learn some marketing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, no, you what do you say around that? What's your message around all that? So many people out there doing it today with Facebook pages and groups and everything. Yes. Yeah, there are a lot of games and gimmicks. And <laughs> the games and gimmicks are to provide you an illusion of a sh shortcut because everybody knows we pursue things out of pleasure and try to avoid things that are painful. Mm -hmm. And so it's painful, watch this, to lead. It's painful to go through the process that is required to gain the influence of people. So people are always looking for the shortcut. They're trying to coupon clip their way to significance. And baby, you can't do that. The elevator to success, the escalator to significance are both out of order. <laughs> you have to take the stairs. Yes, you got to take the stairs. You've got to forget the marketing campaigns. Baby, do you have a mission campaign? What is your mission? Everybody's saying the same things in a different way. What new do you bring to the marketplace? What about you? What about your story? What about your message beyond the words can resonate for people to come find you? Holly, I don't go asking for speaking engagements. I don't go looking to do them. They come and knock at my door. When you discover why your phone rings, then you can charge for it. Let me say that again. When you discover why your phone rings, then you can charge for it. I just got through speaking, my wife and I, at the association, uh, one of the largest associations for one of the, the, the professions and businesses we built. This is the second year consecutively they've had us come to it. Why? Not because we called them. Not because we sought them out. They saw, watch this, the fruit. Listen, the fruit is never for the tree. A mango tree never eats the mango fruit. An apple tree never eats the apple fruit. The banana tree never eats the banana fruit. Why? The fruit is never for the tree. But here's the problem with most people. They don't want, oh, here it is. They don't want to get rooted long enough so they can get strong enough to develop branches that lead to leaves that produce fruit 
for other people to come satisfy themselves from. And so what they do is they try to go and purchase the plastic fruit of life in an attempt to fool people to come eat. And the only challenge is this, Holly, when people come and from a distance, they see that you have fruit in their hand, in your hand, and they're expecting to taste a delicious mango and they come pluck your food and bite into it and notice it's plastic, you may fool them once, but you'll never fool them again. Yes. And they will never come back for that plastic fruit right. of inauthenticity yes. you try to serve them. Which is why they have to keep building. All these people that promote marketing and build, they have, they, I, I have got quite a few friends in this area and they are constantly building. They are, th there is no rest for them. They, they have to do it. There is no freedom. You know, I guess it's almost like the promise was a lie to them, if that makes sense. Because, yes. it, because like what you're saying, because they don't keep the ones that they haven't attracted them in the first place. They've, they've mm -hmm. pursued them, you know, th their audience. And so I love what you just said. They don't come back when they realize it's plastic, inauthentic fruit, because like you say, you can't deliver the real fruit unless you have gone through the processes and, and, and a tree doesn't pr produce its fruit until it's been through all seasons, normally mm -hmm. multiple times. And even the first time a tree produces a fruit, it's normally not good fruit. Normally in the first season of a tree producing fruit, you don't really eat it. The oranges are a bit sour. The lemons are mm -hmm. way too bitter. They're not even ready. It needs, a, it needs to go back through losing all its fruit, losing all its mm -hmm. leaves, losing some of mm -hmm. its branches and producing again. Mm -hmm. Yes, because here's what happens. I'm so glad you said that. Anybody can buy followers, but only a few of us can build connections. Ooh. You can go buy as many followers as you Ooh. want. You can go buy all these campaigns, but it's those of us that are willing to build. Now, I'm going to give you an example, and, 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 and this is my, my greatest leadership example that I can give. It was a young man that showed up over 2,000 years ago. <laughs> he showed up, and he started working for his father in his father's carpentry business. He got a big vision, got a big dream. And from that big vision and big dream that he got, he said, let me go start recruiting some people. Mm. He, he, he didn't put up, watch this, he didn't put up a social media ad campaign. <laughs> Shucks. He, he, didn't, he didn't go hire a, a, a manager or a, uh, a image consultant. You know why people hire image consultants? Because they don't feel their character is strong enough to attract and retain people. So they got to put on a plastic face. They got to put lipstick really? on a pig. And the <laughs> challenge with putting a lipstick on a pig is still a pig. But what he did is he went and started talking to people one by one. He went to influential people because he was so convicted in his assignment and message. He went and talked to doctors, Matthew. He went and talked to, to surgeons and he went and talked to business people. He went and talked to influential people, titans, in their own field about what he was doing and called and assigned to do. And the story goes, they dropped what they did to partner with him, meaning he gained their influence. These 12 people, he gained the influence of 12 people, so much so that throughout the process, there can be no promise without a process. Throughout the process, it leads us to this culmination point when he threw his first convention and uh, he did his first convention and over 5,000 people showed up to his convention. He had 5,000 people, Holly, at his convention. He started teaching for so long at his convention. Now, here's what really arrested my attention 
as to why I was willing to build versus buy. And I tell people parenthetically all the time, it's going to take me a little while longer than most because I'm not willing to sell my soul. But here he was. He's talking to a multitude of 5,000 people at his conventions with no microphone. He didn't use a business card to get the 5,000 people there. He, he didn't put up a social media post. He didn't do a YouTube video. He didn't put together a campaign. I'm trying to figure out how in the world that 5,000 people come listen to him for so long. And you got to know because there was no microphone. I'm talking about the people, Holly, all the way in the back of the room could not hear him, but they stayed just to listen to maybe if his words can be carried by the wind to land on their ear, it was worth them waiting for hours to hear him. Right. That speaks to the significance yeah. of the build. Meaning, let me make it practical for this day and time. When you become worthy enough, and you're already worthy, but when you become worthy enough, people will come from the north the South, the East, and the West to come listen to what you have to say. But it has to be something, watch this, that you have lived. Yes. I tell all of my speaker friends, Holly, stop trying to sell us your five smooth stones until you've at least slain Goliath. See, David, <laughs> David in the Bible, he killed Goliath. Everybody gets excited. But notice, you don't get excited because he had five stones. See, the world doesn't care about your five smooth stones. The reason why the, the scripture talks about the stones being smooth is because it took time to prepare the stones. They were rocks. They were blocks. But he refined them. He found them. He found the stones. He refined them. He got them smooth. He, he got them prepared. And listen to this. He was not even scheduled to fight Goliath. His brothers were. Yeah. He was scheduled to bring them food. He brought them lunch. But because he had been building he had fought a bear before. He had fought a lion before. He had gone through that process that you were talking about with the orange trees or the oranges falling off and not being edible enough. See, you've got to lose to gain. See, nothing teaches you a lesson like a loss. <laughs> nothing teaches you a lesson like a loss. Why is a loss so important for your process? It's important for your process because loss is the seed for restoration. And when your life has been restored, you have double, double for your shame, double for your trouble, double for your experience, double for all the things and all the people that left you. You get double and more fulfilled. So when he showed up with lunch for his brothers and they were gripped by fear because of what they saw, he can pull back from the, recess from the resuscitation of what he had faced before and say, oh, I'm prepared. Yeah. He didn't try to sell us his stones. He used the stone to yeah. slay Goliath. And because he slayed Goliath, he became king. Wow. Oh my goodness. And like you say, he, you know, he didn't get Goliath until after he had, or he already had to beat the lion. He had to beat the bear and then he gets the Goliath. And this is why, you know, I, I just put up a Facebook post this week saying, wow, you know, isn't it true that, uh, you know, the higher the level, the bigger the devil, right? It's like, you know, as right. you progress, you, you have more to deal with. And, you know, before we go, I want to open up a question to you around that. 
because I see you uh, as a, and I think everyone sees you as a almost, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but as a fearless leader, so strong, so wise, so resilient, so adaptable. I've seen some of the attacks that you've been through. I've witnessed, you know, how close you were in relationship to, you know, some of your ex so-called mentors and, and, you know, the way that you were all of a sudden nothing to them. Uh, you know, as you said earlier, you know, I think you said like they prostituted your purpose or something. I've seen that. I've witnessed it. And, you know, people like yourself, that have all this wisdom, it, it's so easy to look up to you as, as a hero, as a, uh, like a, like almost like a, I couldn't be like you kind of thing. So if yes. I could ask you, what, where's your area? Where's your, where's your zone of vulnerability? What, what has been your Goliath that, uh, you know, that, that you were called to and you were probably prepared for, but you know, quite often we don't even know that we're prepared to fight the Goliath. It's almost like David, the same thing. It's like, yeah, he was prepared, but he didn't have any expectation to face Goliath, but before he knows that mm -hmm. he is facing Goliath. So what was your Goliath and, and what's your area of vulnerability? Where, where, where do you fall into your vulnerability? I think it's where all of us fall into it at some point or another through the process. Am I good enough? Do I have five smooth stones? Do I really have the stones to slay this Goliath? I mean, I know I've got some stones, but are they really stones? Are they rocks? Will they break? Will they reach? Can these stones that I have slay this Goliath? And so my area of vulnerability had been, and oftentimes is, because I tell people life is a fight for territory. The moment you stop fighting for what you want, what it is that you don't want automatically takes over. So you never get rid of it. You just get better with the next Goliath, the next bear, the next lion. And so my area of vulnerability is, am I good enough? Do, 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 I, do I house in the warehouse of my personality what is required to pursue that purpose? Mm. And I have to constantly listen. I've got to constantly remind. I've got to constantly fight the doubt. And the way I fight it, it's not by reading. It's evidence. It's built through accomplishments, mm -hmm. not compliments. Oh. Confidence is built through accomplishments, not compliments. We can tell you you're great. We can tell you go get them, Tiger. We can tell you you have it in you. We can tell you you're good enough. We can tell you all those things, but until you go face that bear, you won't be worthy for the lion. Until you slay the lion, you won't be the So for me, what I do daily is I look for me a bear to go to war with. And I always tell people, Holly, if you see me in a fight with a bear, pour honey on me and help the bear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. I, I, I see that. Well, uh, as much as I'd love to talk to you for another three or four hours, um, and I still wouldn't run out of things to talk to you about, uh, we do have to leave it here. So I want to thank you very deeply. And um, I guess I just want to, I, I like to give everyone that comes on as a guest on my show, 
I guess one last message, if you have anything in particular, like your final message that you would love to leave in the hearts of the audience and follow that up with, you know, how they can contact you. Sometimes, you know, you know the feeling, right? I remember, I remember you telling me one of your very first stories in um, network marketing and you said like the, some of the very early day tapes that you would listen to and that person you connected with so much, you just felt like I have to meet this guy. I need to meet him one day. And, you know, long story short, you ended up recruiting him, you know, years later. And I like to make that opportunity available to everyone, everyone who listens, you know, it, it feels like you're so far away. You're this, you know, that you're, you're the guest on a show. I could never get in contact with you, but you know, but you can. So where can people find you? You know, uh, where can people connect with you? And what would your final message be that you'd like to leave here on today? You can find me all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, you may even find me on MySpace, okay? <laughs> but, uh, it's Jared Wilkins, J-A-R-R-O-D Wilkins, W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And uh, you can find me on all those uh, platforms. Now, here's what you there. There's 7.5 billion people on planet Earth. None of us have the same footprints. None of us have the same fingerprints. It means that all of us, each one of us are one of a kind. Mm. There's something in you that's not in anybody else on this planet. And when you find that something, you'll never be forgotten. Holly Noonan, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you very much. And I look forward to having you back at some point in the future. Absolutely. And for those, for those of you listening, you know, as I always say, this kind of life takes courage. It takes courage to step out of the belief systems around inheritance and to truly start building a legacy. You know, it takes courage to even let go of what you're holding on to as your truth and to realize what your own truth really is. It takes courage to lead. It takes courage to build legacy. So please, as you depart from here today, depart from here with courage, the courage to believe in a better way the courage to voice what you've got to say, the courage to thrive when times are tough, and above all else, the courage to know you are good enough. Goodbye, everyone.